Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fire Pit with Caleb and Evan from Aldersgate UMC. We're so excited that you have joined us again and we are going through Grow Curriculum Series Stretch. We started this last week and now we are on week two. And our big idea is that you can stretch your faith by starting something new. Good idea. Oh, pretty much a good idea. Otherwise we'd, you know, kind of not do anything yeah very true and i no i literally just had one of our fifth graders showing me the other day um how much he can stretch and not only stretch he was doing weird things like uh turning his foot so it was backwards uh, that sounds painful like he his ankle was just so stretchy huh. that he could rotate his foot all the way background just at the ankle joint not like it was the weirdest thing yeah. i did not like it that hurts my ankles just thinking about it right and so he's obviously a very stretchy person <laughs> and as we talked last week i am the um opposite of stretchy you're the, you're the telephone pole as we put it last yeah week. telephone pole about as stretchy as dried concrete mm-hmm. um not not a stretchy person but we do have some very flexible people in our church. We also have some very flexible characters or people that we see on TV all the time, right? In fact, you guys can't see this, but I have the Funko Pop of Kamala Khan from Marvel sitting right here next to us because I thought it was appropriate. If you don't know Kamala Khan, otherwise known as Miss Marvel, she's very stretchy. She She's the stretchiest, I believe, of the Avengers. Right. So... We have her here just to join us, to give us a little bit of stretch uh, as we are going through today's lesson. We should collect all of the stretchy superheroes, because she's not the only one. No. We've also got Elastigirl. Yep. We've got Reed Richards from Fantastic Four. Can't forget him. Um, Those are the only two that I can come up with right now. Oh, we also have the guy from The Flash. Um... Ooh, what's his name? I can't even, my wife would know his name. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, Man, if you know it, <laughs> send it to us because me and Caleb clearly cannot remember his name. No. Now, we talked last week about how we, in order to get more flexible, we have to stretch. We have to take that time. We have to commit to it, stretching a little bit more every single day. Mm-hmm. Because our... And our faith is that same way. In order for us to grow and be able to do more with our faith, we have to be persistent. We have to commit to it. We have to work on it. And we have to trust that it's going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And if we want a faith that is strong and growing and capable of carrying us through difficult challenges, we're going to need to stretch it. Yeah. And I love working with little kids at vbs or in sunday school but the type of faith and the things they are learning if everyone as adults just kept that vbs level of faith we wouldn't have very faithful people we wouldn't know a lot or the faith wouldn't be very strong right Mm -hmm. at that level we're, we're setting foundations for things right and as adults, we're moving beyond the foundational things into new areas 
um, for our faith to stretch into and grow into and eventually grow past and then right. go into another new area. That's kind of that's kind of what what we're trying to do. It it is interesting working with little kids, mm-hmm. right? Because for them everything is new. I mean every word is a new thing. Every physical touch is a new thing. When you're working with a baby, even just like looking them in the eye, you can see it's new. It's a brand new experience and so you you can watch them stretch into new areas. Right. Which is really cool to see. Mhm. It's also really cool to see that same thing happen in the eyes of a middle schooler. Yeah. You teach them something new. You explain something to them in a way that they've never thought of it before. And you can just see their mind and their faith stretching through their eyes. Yeah. That's such a cool thing to see. And and I like how it doesn't, it never stops. Right. Right. I mean, because I teach, I teach high school. Before mm-hmm. I came here, I taught high school mathematics. And when, when you saw someone finally understand how to get through a word problem, that light bulb moment, that stretching moment was amazing to watch. And it, I see it in my own life as I'm experiencing uh, new things stretching here at Aldersgate. Right. Side note, why are word problems the worst part of math? Because people don't know how to translate English into mathematics. But why do they always want me to count watermelons? I don't know. It just seems like every math word problem I've ever heard was always about watermelons. I don't know why. Watermelons and other fruits are a favorite of mathematicians. I don't know why. Makes no sense to me. It's also like chalk. Chalk? Chalk, yeah. Mathematicians love good chalk. You can find a documentary about it on YouTube. Not going to get into it right now. Really interesting, though. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like the the least interesting thing to me. It, it might be. <laughs> anyway, we talked last week about a guy named Paul. Good guy. And Yeah, pretty good guy. And if you think it's amazing to see physical transformations take place, like before and after photos of um, bodybuilders developing their muscles then Paul's story is one that you'll also really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And no, Paul wasn't a bodybuilder. He was a tent maker. I guess that doesn't mean he wasn't buff. He could have been jacked. I'm thinking, I mean, if you know anything about Paul's story, you know that the guy went through some physical turmoil. Right. So I'm expecting, if when we finally do meet Paul in heaven, I'm expecting this guy to be a scarred up, jacked dude who yeah. you can tell has has been through stuff, but he's kind of one of those guys who's really big, but has like like a teddy bear heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. But he's got some scars. Oh, definitely. And the transformation that he took place. Well, we don't know exactly what that looks like for him physically. Mm-hmm. What happened to him spiritually is pretty amazing. It is because before Paul met Jesus, he was one of the biggest enemies of the early followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He attacked them, imprisoned them, and even killed them at times. And after Paul met Jesus, he became one of the most influential leaders in the entire Jesus movement. And if you remember from last week, Paul wrote a letter to the Christians in the city of Rome, and we call it the Book of Romans. And in it, he wrote about how we find salvation through Jesus and how God's salvation impacts not just our eternities, but our everyday lives too. And so we looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it's very short. I'm just going to read it. Go go ahead. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God 
because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's that's some good stuff for so yeah. many reasons. Those are two really pivotal verses if you can wrap your mind and stretch your faith around them. Because really, this takes a lot of faith mm-hmm. to understand what Paul is talking about. I mean, the first thing he talks about is put up your body as a living sacrifice. Yep. What exactly does that... I mean, that, that itself is a, is a faith-stretching thing. But it's cool how Paul's speaking from personal experience. Right. He was, in many ways, a living sacrifice for the people that he went out to preach the good news to. Um, you know, we talked about his scars. He was stoned very much for the things he did. And it's crazy to think, just like you were saying before, Paul used to be the guy who 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 put sent these people to jail and and persecuted Christians. Yep. And now he's the one taking the stones for them. It really is a crazy transformation. Yeah, it is. And the transformation wasn't just Paul prayed a prayer once. No. Right? Like, I think that's a lot of times a misconception about Christianity is that people think, I was bad, I said these words, now I'm good. Yeah. And really, it's a much larger transformation. I love how verse 2 of chapter 12 of Romans says, let God transform you to a new person by changing the way you think. Yeah. And I think that's part of what happened with Paul is he, everything that he had believed and thought he knew and just really thought in general, God transformed into this new way of living, this new way of being. I've I've actually been reading a little bit of Paul's story in Acts. Okay. Right? And so in in the book of Acts, you, you see what happens after Jesus dies, resurrected, and he sends his disciples out and then he goes up to heaven. Amazing things happen. Paul is one of those amazing things. And, and, you know, his conversion is crazy. A bright light shines on him. He becomes blind. He goes to another apostle who, who lets him see again. But in later on, he's actually going under trial. And one of the things that Paul does is he kind of defends himself a little bit. And he tells his story about yeah. how you all knew me as the, the, the Pharisee who knew the law and who lived by this and who persecuted Christians Jesus got a hold of me, and then he says this in Acts 24, um, verse 17. After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. So this transformation of the mind isn't something that happened the day that he had the light shined on. Right. It's something that actually took multiple years of him learning and growing with God until he finally became the person who went out and preached the good news. So yeah, you're right. It's not just a prayer that transforms us. It's an, a commitment to a change oh, and, and yeah. a faith stretching. Yeah, definitely. And Paul, I think, is a really good example of what that looks like. And I think he tells us pretty clearly in Acts, but also in Romans, you are not supposed to look like the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. This is a transformation that everyone should be able to very clearly see when they look at your life. 
Yeah. And that's not saying when they look at you as a person, can they tell that you follow Jesus, but by the way you act, the way you treat other people, the way you live, does your life show Jesus? Have you been transformed to show that, especially to people who might have known you before? Mm-hmm. Can they see that difference? And there is, there will be a difference. Oh, definitely. Will be. But it's not something we can do, mm-hmm. right? We can work at it, we can stretch, but that transformation takes place because of God. Yeah. And what he has done in our lives. And there are things we can do to make it easier for that transformation to take place. But ultimately, God is the reason for the transformation. It's his hand working inside of us that really transforms us from the inside out. Right. Yeah, definitely. And some of those things that we can do to make it easier for God to transform us are different spiritual habits Mm -hmm. that we work to develop, that we get better at. So, Evan, have you ever had a spiritual habit that you have worked on adopting, that you've worked on making a part of your life? I I have, actually. Um, During my kind of training phase, I went to Switzerland for a, a long missions training. And one of the things that they talked about was something Paul said, um, in, not in Romans, but in one of his other letters, where he said, pray continuously, pray without ceasing, never stopping. And I really started to think about that. At the time, I was, I was in college, and really the only times that I prayed was, you know, right before dinner, right before lunch, and right before a test. Yep. Uh, which I think is pretty typical for most students, right? right? You, I feel like a lot of people really only seek out God when they need help. So for me, when I heard pray continuously, I was like, I want to live a life where I'm always talking with God and always praying and always in communication with God. And so I began to, every day, throughout my day, talk to God in small ways. You know, it wasn't very often me going down on my knees in the middle of, you know, the mall. But, you know, as I'm walking or as I'm driving... Either I'm listening to Christian music, maybe not, but I'm kind of talking to God about my day. Like, you know, 10 o'clock on my way to work. Hey, God, you know, I woke up. I'm pretty tired, but, you know, maybe help me have a good day today. Kind yeah. Of be with me today. Um, and so I would do that every single day continuously. And I think it really helped me um, to really understand that God is with me all the time. He's not just with me right before a test. He's not with me when I eat. He's with me every day, all day. And I can be talking to him all day, you know, as a friend, as a father, and as the creator of the universe, you know, I can have that connection to him. Definitely. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's definitely interesting because we don't think of prayer as being a new habit. Mm -hmm. But the way you talked about it, it was a new spiritual habit because it was no longer just the set prayer times that we're used to. Which are good to do. It's always good to kind of sit down and have a time for focused prayer. Right. But it was new in the fact that you really worked on praying at all times. Mm -hmm. That might not necessarily be you were praying 24-7. No. But you expanded what the box that you had put prayer into. Yeah. And it's really just inviting God into my day, which really is a habit that you have to do consciously. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What about you, Caleb? Spiritual habit that really is something you had to work on. Uh, I also chose prayer 
Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it wasn't the praying continuously that I was working on. It was praying very deeply and intentionally. Mm. And I decided and I discovered that the best way for me to focus my prayers so that I am very intentional about what I'm saying, I'm very focused, is to actually journal my prayers. Mm -hmm. So I, instead of just praying throughout the day, which I always felt I was lacking something, I didn't feel that connection there with God, I started writing out my prayers. I started really taking the time and going through and being intentional with what I wrote down. One, it helped me to slow down instead of just going mind a million miles an hour trying to pray, but then my mind gets sidetracked onto something else. It forced me to slow down with my prayer, really think things through, but it also gave me a very tangible way to look at what I was asking God and be able to see how God worked through those things in the future because I was able to look back at it. Yeah, those are always really cool. Prayer journaling is a fantastic way to get into that, especially if you want to see God working through your prayers. Being able to look back and saying, I prayed for this to happen, and then, you know, days, weeks later, you're not thinking about what you prayed about, but you can look back and say, wait a minute, God answered my prayer. And so your prayer journal is, is a great way to do that. That's awesome. It is, but it's also something that God helped me develop to help other people Mm. as well. Because one of the things I like to do when I'm journaling my prayers is I like to pray specifically for other people. Um, And there have been many times when I've prayed something, I've written it down, and then I've later on been having a conversation with one of our students, and they said something, and I said, hey, hold up just a second, and I pull out my prayer journal And I can show them weeks before, days before, when I prayed the exact words that they just shared with me. Things that I didn't know they were struggling with, but God just put it on my heart. And I'm like, God is working even when you don't see it. And allowing me to really write those down and like developing that was beneficial to my faith, but also beneficial to other people because they were able to see God at work outside of their lives, about their lives, though. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So definitely journaling my prayers is my was my new spiritual prayer habit. I like how we both said prayer, mm-hmm. but we both came at it from different angles. Because I think that's the other thing with faith too, is prayer is definitely something that as a Christian, everybody needs to work on, right. needs to do. And, and there are countless ways to do prayer. And I think that's part of it is when you're developing your faith and when you're stretching your faith... You're not stretching someone else's faith. You're stretching your faith. And as God is working in you, he's bringing out the things that he's already put inside of you to transform you. And so discovering how you pray, and that'll change over the course of time. I've gone through periods where I've journaled my prayers as well, and it hasn't been super consistent, but it has helped me to stay focused Mm -hmm. and to pray deeper and to be reminded. Because oftentimes when you sit down and you slow down, God reminds you of the things that you may not have yep. remembered on your own. So, yeah, yeah it's cool. It's cool. Definitely. But it's not only prayer. There are other spiritual habits. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've worked on others throughout 
my years as a Christian, I've worked on reading my Bible more, mm-hmm. even if it's just a couple of minutes a day. I've worked on memorizing scripture, trying to do that. I've worked on at studying about the Bible yeah, or about the early Jewish culture or early Christian culture so that I can understand God more. Yeah. There are different habits that we can get into besides praying that can be really beneficial to the transformation of our lives. Definitely. And I think that there are a lot of different ways that probably I didn't mention then that students can think of that you and I would never think of. Oh, yeah. Different ways that they can grow their faith that works best for them. Because as you were saying, prayer is very unique, not prayer, faith is very unique to each person because each person connects to God in a slightly different way. Yeah. And even something like reading your Bible, right? Mm -hmm. I, I have both... A regular Bible, and the NIV is the personal one that I use, but I also have a chronological Bible that helps me kind of put different words of the Bible in the correct historical context, which I don't know if you know this, but the Bible isn't in historical logical. That's not a word. Was not a word. <laughs> historical order. Is that a better? It it does not go in the order it happened. Chronological. Yes. That's yes. better. Um, so the chronological Bible just helps me to do it. And it really is a different way to read my Bible, but yeah. I'm still able to develop that spiritual gift. Things like, like tithing, giving God the first fruits of your income or of those kinds of things. Fasting, um, really is just putting your faith in God and putting your trust in God for your basic needs. Yeah. Um, all of those are different ways that we can or different spiritual habits that we can start to help us stretch our faith and to help God, not that we're helping God, but to allow God to work in different areas of our life. Right, definitely. And Paul, he wanted his fellow Jesus followers to be transformed by God like he was. Mm -hmm. But that looks differently for each person in ways. But after we allow God to renew our minds through different habits, through different spiritual habits, what should our lives look like? Different. Different. And Paul goes on to really kind of give us an outline of, okay, here are ways that your life should look once you have been transformed by God. And Mm -hmm. I think they're so cool. It's also in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to start with verses 9 and 10, which are... It hits it very hard, very fast. Cool. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That's some strong stuff. Yeah. My, I actually wrote in my Bible strong language because Paul doesn't beat around the bush here. No, he doesn't. In, in my Bible, he says, hate what is evil. Yeah. And hate isn't really a word that anyone should throw around lightly. Right, but yeah. Paul is making the point, if you're going to love someone, don't fake it. Right. Love them. If yep. you hate evil, hate the wrong things that ruin lives, hold on to the good things, be devoted to one another, like put other people above yourself. Paul yeah. is saying, do this. Mm-hmm. Don't not do this. Right. You confused me I'm a little going, bit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. 
Right. It's he's very intentional. Like this is important. You really need to understand what I am saying. Take it to heart. I need you to love everybody. Like mm-hmm. I need you to do that. And then because he because kn- Paul knows he knew a couple thousand years later Caleb would be reading this and go, "Oh, I can do that." And then kind of slack off at it. Yeah. The next verse is never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So it's not enough to just love each other with genuine affection. I'm not just going to walk and be like, "Eh, Caleb, I love you. Right. It's don't be lazy about (laughs) it. Work hard and serve the Lord. Like Paul is very much writing this like, okay, I know what you're going to think. I know you're going to be like, I can love people in a lazy way. Yeah, no. half, half-hearted loving. Yeah, I love you. Yep. But no, Paul, yeah, Paul's very much like, be, I like how your Bible says, be enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Serve God enthusiastically. Yep. Yep. And then it goes on, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. <laughs> That's a hard one. That's a tough one. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Don't just help other people. Be eager oh, about helping be the fir- them. Be the one first in line at the soup kitchen helping them out. Yeah. Or even not at the soup kitchen. Any single person that you come in contact with every single day that needs help. I, I always think it's really cool when like, you, you, know, you see those people on the side of the roads with the cardboard sign. And... I, I always feel for those people because clearly something happened in their lives that's really put them in a rough spot. But I've helped out a couple of people where not always giving them money, but, you know, I'll, I'll go out of my way to go grab a Chick-fil-A sandwich and come back and hand it to them. And, and so it's those kind of be willing to do those small little things because Paul tells us that's what God wants us to do. Right. Yeah. And there's so many ways that we can do those kind of things. Oh, yeah. But Paul doesn't stop there. Of course not. He, he doesn't keeps going. say stop with always be eager to practice hospitality. Then makes it even harder. Bless those who persecute you. Now hold on, Paul. And you I... already want us to be patient in hard times. Now uh, you want us to bless those. I can just imagine the people reading this letter thinking to themselves, "What are you? What are you wanting us to do, Paul?" Right. Then it says, "Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them." So not only are you supposed to not get angry with the people that are persecuting you, mm-hmm. you're supposed to want them to be blessed, yeah. want them to be happy. And it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I like that one. I can do that one. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a little sad, but... Right. You know, I think about... that. That's the easy part, I think. Being a shoulder for other people to cry on and being a comforting figure. Yeah. Be that. Do that. That's another way that we can show love enthusiastically. Yeah. Right? It's just being there for those people. Blessing those who persecute you is a toughie. Yeah, that one's hard. It is. I don't like it. I don't either. But we're not here living our faith. We're here stretching our faith. Yeah. So That's true. And I think when we look at these things, there are a few highlights from these verses about what a person that's been transformed by God looks like and the things that they... They do. Mm-hmm. And the first of those th- three things I would say is that people who have been transformed by God serve. Mm-hmm. They like you figure out how God has gifted you and then you use your gifts to take care of other people. Yeah. 
and that, that's the thing. Hospitality looks different depending on the person. Right. Some people are going to invite people into their home, set up a gigantic meal, and really be what I think of when I hear of hospi- hospitality. Some people are just going to be willing to serve and, and do those kinds of things, and that's their ver- form of hospitality. Right. You would be the kind of person that would cook a meal. You oh, like I would to cook. definitely you cook enjoy a meal. that. <laughs> I would be the kind of person that I'd be like, hey, I will order us pizza. Yeah. Hospitality can take on different forms. Definitely. Um, and that service can take on different forms as well. But I think someone that's been transformed by God has to be serving in some way. And and I think it's cool how it's not just about it's not just about serving, right? Yeah. It's when you really do accept God into your heart and you begin to be changed from the inside out, God reveals to you the ways that He's gifted you. And then through that, you discover the ways that you can serve in the in the places that God has put you. Right. And that's that's the really cool thing about when you invite God into your life, you're not just experiencing his love or, or his his transformation. He's actually helping you discover yourself better so that you can pour yourself out in service to other people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we have serving someone that's been transformed by God serves. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you pulled out of this that people who've been transformed by God also do? I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier, people who are transformed by God love and love in a way where they're putting other people before themselves. Yeah. And it's, that's not easy to do. We live in a very, especially in America, in a culture where it's very much, well, what do I want? What do I need, what do I seek for myself? Jesus, and Paul talks about this, Jesus calls us to love one another by serving and putting other people above ourselves. Right, and not just the people that we already like. We're supposed to love even the people that are hard to love. Mm -hmm. And then make sure that they know that they matter to God. And that they matter to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Which requires a lot of transformation. A lot of transformation. And that's that's the thing. Real love comes from that transformation. Right. Right. Ugh. So hard, though, at times. It, it is. And it's it's crazy to think how Paul doesn't just say the ones that you, you know, that you don't like. Right. He says, bless those who persecute you. Yeah. Those are, because I feel like there's a couple of different categories of people. You got your friends. Those are pretty easy to love. Yeah. Then you got those people that do nothing to you, about you, doesn't matter. They're just the people you pass by on the street. You can love those people as well, right? But it's the people who are against you that Paul is asking us to love and to bless and to not curse. That's That's where it gets difficult. But that's where the transformation is about. I mean, Jesus loved those who literally crucified him and yet he still loved them so it's not something that we can do in and of ourselves god really does have to transform us into what that love looks like yeah definitely not something we can do ourselves yeah definitely not i did sorry yawn during the middle of this um then the another thing that i think is very obvious that Paul says a transformed person by God does. Mm -hmm. And you hit on it earlier. They share. 
you celebrate with people on the good days and you cry with them when when life is tough yeah being willing to share life with them whether it's in the good or the bad because it's really easy for me to be there for my friends when they're happy it's really easy for me to be there and share life with people when they are in a good mood oh yeah it's not as easy when someone is really sad Mm -hmm. or someone's in a bad mood I don't want to be there at that moment because it's just kind of dragging me down emotionally. But God says we are supposed to share life together. Yeah. So if we've been transformed, we are we are there. And we talked about that during our last last grow curriculum week was squad up, Mm -hmm. right? Being for each other, with each other, um, in the good times and the bad times. Always with your squad. And I, I think about this as kind of kind of a three-way street, if you will. Because okay. God is with us yes. in our good times and in our bad times. Yep. And when God is transforming you from the inside out, you begin to understand how much God loves you because he's with you in the good and the bad times. So really what God is asking us to do is to take that and pour it out to the people around us, right? Yeah. If God can be with us at our best and our worst— then we can be with other people on their good days and on their worst days. And I think that's, you know, all of these things, serve, love, share, they're things that transformed people do because God has already done them for us. God served us. God loved us. And God shares life with us. And so as he transforms us, his character is actually pouring out of us into the people around us. And I think that's what Paul is saying. Yeah. All of the things that he said, Jesus did. True. True. That's a really good point. And Paul didn't tell us to wait until we feel like loving, serving, or sharing with these people. He just told us to do it. And I think that with what you just said, when we are when we understand that we are constantly being poured into by God, we have the ability to be pouring into others. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait for our tank to be completely full. Yeah. Because if God is continuing to pour into us, we're not going to run empty. Yeah. That's, yeah, so true. I mean, and that's really what it is. God fills us and then we pour it out and it's, we're kind of the conduit of God's love to the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. That was deep. A little bit. Anytime you use the word conduit. It's going to get deep. It's going to get deep. And I think this transformation we kind of talked about, it can get kick-started when we are practicing spiritual habits. Yeah. When we are starting a new spiritual habit, growing our spiritual habits, stretching them, it can kind of kick-start that transformation. Yeah. And another really important leader in the early church was a guy named Peter. He was important, I'd say, yeah. Pretty important. And Peter, in the book of First Peter, chapter 1, he tells us that we need... Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter 1. Yep. That's important. I did this not that long ago. I went to First Peter and was like, wait, this isn't the right verse. Went over to Second Peter, found what I needed. You, you did this yesterday. I literally <laughs> did this yesterday. And you told me, man, I just <laughs> messed up. I went to the wrong place. Second Peter, yep. chapter 1, yep. verses 5. Yep. Starting in verse 5, basically, it says, verse 5 says, In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, 
supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Hmm. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Supplement's an interesting word there. I like how he uses supplement. <laughs> it's because uh, I've I've never heard supplement other than like, it, I need I need a dietary supplement to help me work out. Yeah, I need my vitamins. I need my vitamins. My, Get, my give me my Flintstones. Ah. <laughs> Man, you can tell that we grew up in the nineties. Oh yeah, Flintstone vitamins. I can still taste them when you say Flintstone. I still have the taste in my mouth. Yep, I I immediately did as well. And so good. It's hard to remember to take my vitamins as an adult. So true. Uh, because they're not Flintstone vitamins. They're not colorful. They're not ta- They're not tasty anymore. No. They're just kind of bland. Kids' vitamins are awesome. The best. Because they are colorful. They taste like candy. They come in shapes of our favorite There's characters. There's nothing like eating a vitamin that looks like Lightning McQueen. Because there True. are Lightning McQueen vitamin gummies. True. I've seen them. Do they... Do they do good things for adults? Um, Could I get some? Probably not as much as we would need. Ah, but but kids love them. Oh yeah, and parents love that they don't have to fight their kids about taking their vitamins. I always love it when like you have a, like a vitamin in the shape of an airplane, and you do that little '90s thing where you eat the airplane. <sighs> Sorry, reminiscing. Continue. <laughs> I don't know how to continue after that. I feel like the plane just crashed. It did. Um, but the things that Paul and Peter listed are supplements. Like when we add them to our faith, they can help stretch and grow our faith in new ways. Yeah. But like vitamins, those supplements only work when we make it a habit to take them. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of like we we add them... Not as bursts of fuel, but they're like fuel for our faith. And as yeah. we continually pour little bits of fuel in, the fire gets bigger, right? And our faith gets bigger and our faith gets stronger. Right. And they're they're really useful. Again, they're supplements. They're, they're not the main thing, but they're extremely useful and extremely helpful for that transformation process. Right. And they... The the main part of this transformation in our faith comes from God himself. But those supplements, these additional things, loving others, serving others, sharing with others. And then as Peter was saying, all of these different ways that we develop our faith with moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, love. All of these things can really help us grow and become stronger in our faith. Mm-hmm. might take a little bit of stretch on our part to develop those new habits, those yeah. new things, but they can be really, really powerful. And I think it's actually really cool that, you know, when, when we're given lists like that, or when, when Paul says um, his things that we were reading, it feels like a lot. Yeah. And, like there's so many ways that God transforms us and so many things that we could add as supplements. But one thing that we have to remember is God isn't expecting us to be a hundred percent different right away. And right. You know, we said, it's not just like your old self, you pray, you're a completely perfect person. Right. Right. God is working on us. And 
I think the great thing is, even though God is working and it's him doing the work, he wants to work with us. He doesn't Definitely. just he doesn't just do it without our consent, mm-hmm. right? God says, "Okay, I'm with you. I'm going to live life with you and I'm going to teach you how to how to develop that faith. And I'm going to I'm going to kind of guide you and lead you and change you as you also do it." And it's really even though God's doing the work, he's teaching us how to be better people. Um as we move forward with our faith. Yeah, definitely. It's that continual relationship that continues to transform us. Yeah. Even people that have been in relationship with God for decades are continually being transformed with new spiritual habits and new growth and new ways that they are stretching their faith. Yeah. And just like last week, it's important that we all take time every week to kind of add or supplement something to our our faith. And so we talked about stretch commitments last week, and we gave you five different ones. We asked everyone to try and do one of them each week. And those five were show up, follow Jesus, love God, love others, and ask questions. Five different things that we can use to kind of grow our faith a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so this week, I want to encourage everyone, whichever one you chose last week, if you feel like you need to do that some more, do it some more. But if you're like, okay, I, I got that one. I figured it out a little bit. Then maybe choose a different one of those yeah. that you can really focus on this week. Because you can stretch your faith by starting something new. Mm-hmm. And if you can start something new, do it. Oh, definitely. And you don't have to master any one of these to start a new one. Right. Either. I mean, showing up. If you show up for Sunday school or small groups or Wednesday night, awesome. Focus on a different one this week, you know, and, and really get get going. Ask those questions or learn what it means to love God or love others, right? And that's the cool thing about these commitments is really your faith is stretched when you're learning something new and starting something new. Yeah, definitely. And it becomes really cool to see where you originally were and where you can be with your faith. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that from me looking now, and if I look back to where I was when I first started my relationship with Christ, the difference is amazing. The difference between today and yesterday isn't that huge. Mm -hmm. But over time, I can definitely see the impact and the amount of stretch that I've been able to develop. Yeah over the time with my faith Mm. through God. And it it really does take time. And I think that's why the commitment is so important because you may not see a difference between today and tomorrow. But if you stick to it, God will change you and you will see progress and change over the course of time. Yeah, definitely. So just remember, you can stretch your faith by starting something new. We would love to hear what it is that you're starting new. Reach out to us at the fire pit at aldersgatechurch.com. Let us know. Uh, we would love to be praying for you as you are continuing to stretch your faith, as you're trying to develop new spiritual habits. And if you have questions, also let us know. We're happy to help. Now, now, Caleb, I thought it would be pretty fun to okay. do something. I didn't tell you this before. I'm worried. Okay. This is all about stretching, mm-hmm. right? So what if we had people maybe make a couple of videos of them stretching or or showing 
how they're stretching their faith. Okay. Right? And then they could throw them on social media and do hashtag the fire pit. Okay. And I then like we it. could we could see all of them, maybe talk about some of them on a day, but Okay. You know, we're stretching. I Let's like see it. it. I like it. I was very worried what you were going to say. This is fine. I like this one. This is good. Yep. So if you're on I guess you can do this on TikTok too. Sure. All right. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Anyone use Twitter anymore? I, I don't. I don't I, know if people do. I don't either. <laughs> Throw it on your social media accounts. Do your stretches in the morning if you do that. Uh, show us you're reading your Bible. Tell us how you're praying. Maybe a different way that you're committing to these things. We want to know about it. We want to see it so we can rejoice and, and really see how God is working in your lives. Make sure to put hashtag the fire pit. Maybe hashtag... Uh, AUMC, Fusion, Ignite, Ignition. Middle Sorry. school. It's AUMC middle school. Middle school is our AUMC social media middle stuff. school. Um, now, I, I'm going to put out a challenge. If someone ooh. is able to encompass this challenge, tag it on social media, I will send you one of our middle school t-shirts in the mail. If someone can post a video of them stretching while reading their Bible, ooh. while they have a baby goat on their back, I will send them a shirt. Does it have to be a real baby goat? Real baby goat. All right, let's see it. I'm excited. I hope someone does. <laughs> okay, that is it for the fire pit. We look forward to seeing you all in person and hearing from you all soon. I think that's it. Anything else? Words of wisdom, Evan. Give me some words of wisdom as we end this. May God bless you and be with you this week. You can't see it, but he did his hands like the Pope does his hands when he I'm, gives a I'm blessing. I'm collectively hugging our entire group of listeners in one big spiritual hug. Uh, now I'm uncomfortable. That's okay. <laughs> Caleb, close this out before it gets weird. Okay. Um, hopefully you've all enjoyed this and have figured out new ways that you can grow and stretch your faith. And we will see you all next week for our next episode of The Fire Pit. Bye. See ya. Bye.